Hey blessed people, you are listening to Limitless, the podcast on faith, life and growth and I am your host Ifeyinwa Maronike. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If this isn't your first time, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have all of you guys listening today. Over here on Limitless, we get into everything that involves living life as a young person in Christ and you're doing this with a body of believers along the way. You guys actually may think that you're going through whatever you're going through alone. Trust me, you are not going through it alone. So many of us are going through so many things and it's just nice to know that, okay, we're going through this together. We are overcoming together. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That very annoying spirit of discouragement that just at your point of breakthrough, Satan will just come and rear his ugly head to pull you down and take your hope and take your faith and just make you feel as if this thing God has promised you, it's not going to happen. And let me tell you, it's going to happen. It shall happen because there's no word of God that will ever fail. And so for that reason alone, we know that the will of God will be done regardless of what Satan says or not. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, the spirit of discouragement and how to overcome it. That's really the most important thing. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, so I kind of gave you guys a brief on this last week because I discussed it briefly and this video that I watched by The Winlows. I think I mentioned it briefly, but anyway, if you didn't listen to that episode... Then I did mention that I watched a video by the Winlows where they spoke about the spirit of discouragement. Sorry, they acted out something to do with the spirit of discouragement. What basically happened is the woman was looking for a child for many years, I believe 10 years. And just at the point where the child was going to come, the spirit of discouragement, Satan came and he was throwing all his arrows at her. He made sure that something happened to her car. She was getting frustrated by her mother-in-law. She kept making jokes and jeers at her. She lost her job. Just so many things that Satan came at her with because he knew that he wanted her to slip up just at her point of receiving her blessing and luckily for her or all glory to god for her it didn't work everything failed and she was able to carry her baby after nine months and so as much as it's a sketch or a skit and you may say it's not real it's not these things they get the inspiration from somewhere and so it really encouraged me that week that you know what this thing is getting closer i'm getting closer that's why satan keeps throwing these darts my way when things are harder, it's an indication that you're getting closer to your breakthrough. I want you guys to see it as people climbing a mountain like Mount Everest. As you're getting higher and higher to the peak of the mountain, the altitude drops, you know, the oxygen levels lower. You're struggling to breathe, you're tired, but you're almost there. That is the sign that you're almost there because it's getting harder. And as you're getting higher and higher, Satan's like, no, (laughs) I don't want you to get this. He's not omniscience, but he does have an idea of the things that happen in the spirit realm. Remember that God gave him his power. He was once an angel living with God. So yes, he can know when God is about to give you a blessing and he wants to do everything possible to put every roadblock, every hindrance in your way to stop you from getting that blessing. And you know, do you know what's so painful? In many circumstances, he's not even going to send a direct attack. He wants you, he will influence you to make a mistake to hinder you from your own blessing, which I think is the most painful thing a person can do just at your point like you already even received the prophecy and satan said nope i am not allowing that to happen so easily not on my watch and people that are not guarded people that don't recognize satan's schemes will easily fall into his traps that's why we're here so we can recognize his scheme so that we can overcome this very annoying spirit of discouragement that just it does everything to take our hope and i mentioned this briefly in the last episode in the intro that your hope is your strength as a believer your hope keeps you going when you're tired when it seems as if everything is not working out for your sake your hope your faith is what keeps you going that nope god said it so shall it be no word from god will ever fail 
I don't care how unrealistic it may seem. I don't care how long it takes for the fact that my father in heaven has stamped it. So it shall be. But Satan will do everything to discourage you from that vision, to make it seem unrealistic, silly. He'll use people, loved ones, situations, yourself to pull you further and further away from your breakthrough. Even at your point, at the point where you just have to just push a little bit more. A little bit more. And he'll do everything to discourage you. That's why you need to hold on to your hope. There's a sermon I listened to a bit, I think last month, by Evangelist Lawrence Oyo, and he mentioned how there was a point in his life where <laughs> the pastor would be praying. You know when they do like general prayers, let's say at the end of service or at the end of prayers, and they say, you know, your, your blessing is yours. Amen. You're going to get that promotion. Amen. You're going to succeed. Amen. You're going to get that A in your exam. Amen. 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 And then you're just there like, yeah, amen. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm, amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because your hope is deferred. You've gotten so used to the Christian lingo and the Christian way of things that you don't even have faith in what is said anymore. He gave this verse and this really this verse really spoke to me. Proverbs 13, 12. It said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When you don't have hope anymore, when your faith dwindles, when Satan does everything to discourage you, to believe in God's vision for your life. It makes the heart sick. It makes you not want to go on anymore. It makes you weak because as I said, your hope is your strength as a believer. It makes you weak. And how are you going to go on when you're weak? And it's that weakness that Satan, the enemy, uses to take advantage of us. Because he knows that we're already weak on faith, we're already weak on hope. And he uses that to truncate our destiny and make us make a mistake to not get to where God wants us to be. And that's why he attacks your hope. That's why he attacks your faith. That's why he came with that girl in that skit. Please, if you have not watched that skit by The Windows, The Spirit of Discouragement, please, please watch it. It's short. You know, The Windows do very beautiful short films. It's short, but it teaches a person a lot. That's what he goes for, your faith. He goes for the things that you love most so that you can act out, so that you can be frustrated and say, God, why? So you can vex. You know, I'm done with this Christian walk. It's not paying me. And, and, and it's, it's never before. It's never to you. It's just at the point of your breakthrough. You're almost at the peak of that mountain. But you can't stop now. It would be a huge mistake to stop now. And it will be what, exactly what Satan wants. And are you, are you really ready to submit to the will of Satan upon your life? Do not be weakened by this. He will go for you. Because that's what he needs. He needs a weakened soldier. And weakened soldiers can't fight. Or they can try. But they really can't fight. Once he takes your hope, your faith, what's really there? What's going to keep you going? Because remember, this is not, we're not talking about things in the physical realm where it's like, you know, if I just keep working harder, he's coming at you from the spiritual realm. So you also must attack spiritually. This isn't about, let me just be physically working harder. You'll be drained. You're working hard. That's fine. But you don't have hope. You don't have faith. You don't have passion anymore for the things you're doing. Of course, you're going to feel drained. You need to be spiritually refilled, refreshed, and you must fight him in the spirit realm. Ephesians 6.12, you know this verse, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Meaning that this is the time to fight in the spirit realm. Your lecturer, that seems as if he's just attacking you and he just hates you and he's a horrible person, it's more than just him. It's Satan's influence over his life to frustrate you. And so the last thing you need to do is go to that lecturer's office and start shouting, hey, yeah, I'm going to do this. Hey, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. This is more than the physical fight in the spirit. 
And whether that lecturer likes it or not, he will bow to the will of God. He doesn't have a choice. Now, all that shouting, it may help or... Uh, I don't know. It may help. But you cannot fight a spiritual battle with physical weapons. You want to fight a spiritual battle and win or they need to fight with spiritual weapons. What are your spiritual weapons? We've got our shield of faith. We've got our sword. That's the word of God. We've got our belt buckle of truth. We've got so many things. If you guys read below that Ephesians 12, just keep going down. It tells you all the armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God so that we can overcome the wiles of the devil, so we can overcome his attacks, his schemes, everything that he does. It is spiritual weapons that you can use to overcome him. And this is so important because as I said, you really can't afford to stop now. You can't afford to say, I don't have the strength to fight now. It's like saying, imagine if Job, remember, remember when Satan tried to discourage Job? Imagine if Job gave up. Imagine if he said, I'm going to swear against God. Imagine if Joseph gave up in prison. Like he didn't swear against God when his brothers put him in the ditch or when they sold him to Potiphar. It's when he was in prison. Imagine if it, when he was in prison, that's when he decided, you know what, I'm done with this whole God thing. I don't trust him anymore. Da, 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 da. I speak against him. And it was in that prison that his breakthrough came. Yeah, let's be so honest. If any person the average person was in that position. Maybe let's say uh, when the brothers thing happened, when the brothers threw him in a ditch and sold him off, we could say, okay, he could still pass that. And then, you know, when he was in Potiphar's house, things were going well, he was like the top servant. But then when the whole thing with Potiphar's wife happened, imagine, imagine being a good person and still getting persecuted. You're like, ah, but what did I do? His brothers hated him just for being him. Potiphar's wife hated him for being fine <laughs> and being morally upright. After that, you'd be like, you know what? This goody-goody-two-shoe thing is not helping my life. Still in prison. He still helped these guys. He was able to interpret these dreams. That spirit of discouragement couldn't come for him. Easily, that spirit of discouragement could have said, hey, don't be doing all that dreaming things here. That's what got you in this place in the first place. He could easily be like, please, you guys should carry your dream somewhere else. It's because of dreams that I'm in this position in the first place. That I even told my family members. So you're now telling me, I better keep your dreams. Mm -mm. The spirit of discouragement easily could have come for him like that. Because he knows his weak points. But he said, nah. And even when the baker forgot about him, he still had hope. And then he got to his palace. But there was a process and it was getting harder and harder. But eventually he got to his palace. Imagine if Elijah gave up in the wilderness. 1 Kings 19.4 When he went on alone into the wilderness, travelling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Basically, he was depressed. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So basically, he wants to give up, right? Then, verse 5, it says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. So this is now the point where he's like, You know what? No, I'm done. Like, if, if I want to be done, I want to be done. And then he also has the other option of saying, But I can also eat, maybe try. There could still be hope at the end of the tunnel. He looked around and there, this is verse 6, he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Then eight, verse eight. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. So imagine if he said, now nah, I'm done, not knowing that if he just pushes a bit more, he would have the strength, not just to just travel a couple of days, but another 40 days and 40 nights. That God, and let me tell you, that strength is not because of that piece of food. God gave him that strength. There was a divine push that allowed him to travel another 40 days and 40 nights. Someone that, that thought he was about to die or could still travel another 40 days and 40 nights. And imagine if that's where Elijah's ministry stopped. 
Because if there was no Elijah, could there be an Elisha? I don't know. Because he was his mentor. And imagine if Elisha's ministry didn't happen. So half of Elijah's ministry couldn't be fulfilled. And then the full of Elisha's ministry couldn't be fulfilled. All because he gave up at that breaking point. But he didn't. Neither did Joseph, neither did Job. There was still hope. You know, it's good that we recognize the tactics of Satan because that's how we're able to fight. Recognizing that this spiritual warfare you're going through is not a coincidence. It's not a punishment from God. It's not a, you know, sometimes it can even feel like, oh, I've done something bad. No. In fact, it could even be indication that you're on the right path. But remember, that path is not easy. We're in the world, but not of the world. And the world does not want us to succeed. The prince of this world does not want us to succeed. The rule of this world, of the flesh, of the things of darkness, does not want us to succeed. And before we can even fight, we need to build our faith, we need to build our hope. We cannot allow him to take the one thing that strengthens us as a believer. Hold on to that word of God. Whatever word that God has ever told you concerning this journey that you're on, hold on to it. I don't care what you have to do. Write it down. Put it on the wall. Make your mantra. Say it every morning to yourself in the mirror. You know, put it as your wallpaper. But do not allow your hope to be deferred as a believer. That is your strength. Because when everything in the flesh is working against you, your hope, your faith is what will keep you going. You guys know I like to be practical. So as I said, the f- one of the things you can do is by fighting with the armor of God, using the word of God, speaking the word of God over your life, disgracing Satan with the truth of the word of God, knowing that it's God's word that stands. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And what does he steal? Your hope, your faith, the thing that he knows is your strength as a believer. There was a time when I was really going through stuff <laughs> when life was just lifing and this was a couple of years back and this became my favorite verse and that's why i mean about speaking the word of god into your life so much that you believe it there is nothing that can shake your belief in this word and so the verse that i was reading at that time was philippians 4 6 and that's do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding and that means that when satan is coming with his silly stupid frustrating tricks That peace that surpasses all understanding is what will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And it will guard it, as I said. That hope that you're keeping in your heart, that faith you keep in your heart, you need to guard it so that there is nothing that can penetrate. That's what keeps you going. Don't be anxious. Don't feel frustrated. You're falling right into the trap of Satan. Because as you get onto that road, you move further and further away from your breakthrough, further from God, further from your trust in God. And it's that trust in God that makes you believe that what he said will happen is what will happen so don't be anxious about anything in every situation pray pray and thank god another thing that i do i like to thank god prophetically thank god in advance for the things that you know he's going to do he hasn't done it yet it may seem as if it's not even going to come into fruition at all but your hope and your faith tells you nope it's going to happen and so i'm going to thank god already in advance for what he's going to do there's something that the woman did in that film where she would wrap up like you know do you guys remember in secondary school because in my first secondary school we had these jumpers so you can like fold up your jumpers to make it look like a baby i don't know if you guys went to secondary schools where you did that but like yeah she did something like that anyway and she would she would fold up her jumper and like rock it and then her mother-in-law would make fun of her like you know you're silly you know stop even trusting in this god stop going to church it's not working for you you know carrying around a fake baby no stuff like that like she would already be thanking God, like, ah, God, I thank you for this baby. Although she didn't have the baby, but she was already thanking God for what she knew he was going to do. And her testimony came. And so that's why it says that we should be thankful 
thankful. Even the things he hasn't done, the things he has done, everything. Just be thankful. Thankful for God being God. And then it says, present your requests to God. Tell him what you need. Tell him your heart's desire. Tell him what's burdening you. Tell him that Satan is frustrating you. <laughs> and let his peace guard your heart. There are some situations where, where God isn't going to just throw you out of it. He's going to allow you to be in it. And for you to strengthen yourself within it. I think I've said this before where it says that God said that he'll be with us within the fire. Not necessarily that he'll take us out. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the fire, Jesus was with them within. He easily, you know, God is all powerful. If God wants to do it, maybe the man that was supposed to put him in fire could become paralyzed. Or something will happen that will just, they wouldn't end up in the fire. But he was still in the fire. Same as Daniel. If God really wants to do it, he... Daniel doesn't even have to enter the lion's den. But no, God allowed him to enter the lion's den and then protected him from the lions and protected Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego from the fire. So there are times when it's not so easy to say, God, please just take me out. God is molding you. You're almost there. But he needs you to strengthen your faith. He needs you to build your hope, to build your faith, to build your trust in him, to build your knowledge of the word. Maybe in this season he wants you because the one thing that helped me build my ability to memorize scripture was warfare. So that when Satan came with his nonsense, I knew what to say. I wasn't trying to open Bible and uh, um, Bible verses on fear, Bible verses on, on fighting Satan. Mm -mm, I already had them in my head because I was already building that. And it was that season. There was something that we even did in our church. You guys can do this, where we had to learn a verse each week. And the reason I was so consistent with it is because I needed those verses. Every verse that I learned, I was learning verses like, cast your anxiety on him for he cares for you, trust in the Lord with your heart, lean not to your understanding. You know those kind of verses that they just give you so much hope. But it's because of that season that I just, I made the word of God my mantra. You know, some of us, we make our mantra, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get this. You're going to get there. Everything's going to be good for me. But there is no backing to that. The word of God has the entire full backing of God. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why God wanted me to go through that season. Because I learned a lot in that season. So maybe that's what God is trying to do. Strengthen your faith, teach you more push you to be more into your word so he may not just say oh yeah you know abracadabra throw you out i mean take you out the fire take you out the lines then stay in the lines then grow build protect your heart guard yourself have peace within the midst of the storm then once you overcome you become a stronger and a wiser christian and a christian that satan can't be using as playing ludo with you because you've overcome you've you know you've gone past that all these things that he's trying to use to discourage you can't work because as, as I said, my sister said this thing and I've repeated this so many times, the greater the light, the more the mosquito. So as you are going further and further up the ladder of destiny, Satan will keep coming more and heavier. But you're also growing spiritually, you're also building yourself spiritually. So you are also growing and you are also fighting more and heavier. <laughs> so that's what I really want you guys to get from today. Build yourself. Do not allow Satan to win. Do not allow the enemy to come and steal your joy, your hope, your faith. See this as a training ground, as an opportunity for you to build your walls, to guard your heart, to maintain your peace. Okay, guys, so I pray this episode has been a blessing for you. I pray that you've learned a thing or two and you can apply these things and then you would actually have a testimony by the grace of God. You shall have your testimony in the name of Jesus. Okay, guys, so I'll be with you guys next week for the next episode. Maybe with a guest. Let's see, okay? <laughs> but I'll be with you guys next week for the next episode. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing month and have an amazing year. I remember I didn't say that last episode. Uh, I don't know why I forgot. But yeah, so guys, I'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.